get this started. Welcome to the That's Just Our Opinion podcast. I'm one of the hosts, Matt. I'm here along, here along with uh, two of my good buddies, Sean and Mark. What's up, guys? What's up? I don't like that I was last, but I'll take it. No, you're doing great, man. I, I, okay. man, we're, we're, we're learning. <laughs> That's right. Okay, so <clears throat> this is our first podcast of who knows how many. Um, today's date is April twentieth, twenty twenty. Yay, 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 yay! Smoke Ooh, weed every day. I forgot about that. Um, <clears throat> so, in this trying time, we figured. Since we can't chill with each other in person, maybe have a nice little conversation during this uh, quarantine period. What have you guys been up to? Uh, I haven't really done much. Oh, you did yeah, something right. yesterday, bud. Why don't you uh, yeah, fill people in on that? Real quick. Oh, how'd that go? It was awful. It's probably one of the hardest things I've, I've ever done in my life so far. Did I win the bet, by the way? What was the bet? Something about Matt and Kevin were betting against you, and I think I bet for you. Oh, you did bet yeah, for him. So I did I didn't it, remember right? that. But Matt, how long, if I did it officially, how long would I have to have finished? Was it 6.15 or was it 6.45? So officially it was 6.45. Okay. So but – but, you had said you would run it. You said you would run it in six hours. Yeah, I was at six twenty. Look at okay, so you were close. Amy, you came close. <laughs> you're getting close. Well, congrats, bro. But, That's pretty awesome. Thanks, brother. Sean, what have you? Uh, you know, um, my job kind of continued at home. I don't know how much I want to say about my job because I don't know how much I want to say. Does that make sense? That's right. I mean, you can say what you do. You don't have to say where. Yeah. Well, I'm a, I'm a teacher, I guess. Uh, I don't necessarily want to get away much more than that. Uh, but uh, doing that from home is, uh, you know, it's interesting. Uh, other than that, uh, just doing some projects around the house, uh, playing some video games, living a single solo dream. It's actually nice not being quarantined with anybody. What have you been up to? Chilling. The pretty much the same thing as you, except with a house full of people. Uh, my uh, sister-in-law has been staying with us for oh, about a month. Fantastic! Um, yeah, nothing wrong with it. I like people. having them good people. Nice having a nice having a little baby around, but it's definitely not what uh, I thought quarantine was going to be. But oh well. <clears throat> so on this podcast, we're going to talk about. A whole slew of things. Uh, first few episodes are going to be, you know, kind of letting you guys get to know us all. Two listeners, Kevin, what's up? You're my boy. Daddy. Um, and kind of just get to know us through that uh, that lens. Whereas, where else we may talk about? I don't know, sports, maybe some politics. We don't have to get anything too crazy, uh, but who knows? Wherever, wherever this lands, whatever hot topics that are in the world today. Um, so, Mark, as you're running your marathon, I saw you were wearing yeah. some headphones. What were you so, uh, listening uh, actually, to? Actually, uh, yesterday was all, the first about 17 miles was all Slipknot. So that just kind of got <laughs> okay. I'm a big fan of uh, some Slipknot. Uh, I listened to three and four, so All Hope is Gone. And then it bounced back to the first track, uh, the first album. So Slipknot. And then after that, I didn't listen to Iowa and I do Ooh, the, the first great or the last two. So the newest one and the one from like 2013. Okay. So all the trash albums, cause the first three, albums I mean, that's, that's just your opinion. That's just, that's just my, I will opinion. tell you yeah, personally that I'm out of my element and I don't know. <laughs> Slipknot had more than one album. I didn't even know. Yeah, I had no idea. I, I think. I mean, I know that people love them. I just, I, you know, it's, it's 
it's not my thing, uh, but it's not not my thing either, if that makes sense. Yeah, those those first three albums are, uh, the first two in particular, are classics amongst yeah. the genre. Game changers. Game changers, big time. Anything else? Just flipping out. You said the first 17 I miles about phone. the other uh, my phone on nine. <laughs> Some of the songs I remember, was a little, I had Kanye West in there, I had the Beatles. Yeah. You know, one. Okay. A uh, little, little Uzi. <laughs> <laughs> Good shuffle. Did uh, did did you gotta That's be like the right one? <laughs> yeah. You, you guys did make the freaking so- uh, soundtrack. You and uh, you and Kev were supposed to make me one, right? Well, we were, but we didn't know uh, you're actually gonna do yes. it. I thought you were. Gonna I would just like to chime in out. here and say I've <laughs> never in my adult life heard you gotta be. I've never not heard everyone. Be- like say, oh, this is my jam when it comes on. It's a classic. It, it is a classic. It's a classic. It's a dentist office oh my staple, as my classic wife would say. Dentist office. <clears throat> yeah, whenever she hears uh, "Fast Car" by Tracy Chapman, Harold Melvin and the Blue um, Notes. If you don't anything. know me by now, that's <laughs> dentist <laughs> office all day. Mm-hmm. Then oh, you'll never, never, song. never know me. Um. As well as uh, Matchbox 20, but she doesn't enjoy Matchbox 20. That is just just her opinion. (laughs) All right, so we've been playing in this for probably a month now. Um, Our top 10 albums. Sean has a little disclaimer for us, so go ahead. Yeah, so, um, you know, first of all, I did procrastinate on this quite a bit uh, because it was overwhelming (sighs) for me, and I've made every argument on how this is not fair. Um, but my disclaimer is these are just my, I'm not saying that these are the greatestly composed albums. These are just albums in my life that I always go back to like, like my top 10 and that could totally change tomorrow. I understand it. I'm not saying that my top 10 is greater than anybody else's. And I don't even know that my order is the best. It really all depends on kind of, time and place, you know, which I think all people are with music. But yeah, I just wanted to put that disclaimer out there. Yeah, I, I, I would like to back that up and say very similar. That these are just top 10 albums that I really enjoy. I mean, I have them listed from 10 to 1, but like like Sean said, they could definitely bounce anywhere through that range. Uh, even maybe some drop out and some other albums come in their spots just depending on my mood and how I'm feeling at that point, you know, with the music. I totally agree. Well, unlike these two gentlemen, I am a man of decision. <laughs> and these uh, these albums are my top ten favorite albums so as of can, right now. But, like, they change. So can, I, can I ask you a question about that? <clears throat> As I was curating my list, like, how did you go about, like, what made you say this is top 10 worthy? Like, for me, there was just one thing that I said, every decision that you make has to be based on this one thing. Did you have, like, a one thing? For me, it's, and once again, all of our albums are different, and people will hear that once they hear the albums. Mine is just pure bops. Like, just slap after slap after slap. Okay. Songs that I never get tired of hearing. Songs that you don't skip over. Albums that if I were to partake in vinyl, I would put the vinyl on and you can't really skip on vinyl. You can, but it's a little more work. Yeah. That was it for me. Time and place. Like you're going on a road trip. I'm putting one of these okay. albums on. Okay. Uh, Mark, how about you? Did you have like one thing? I was just thinking like what – like when I'm in the car by myself, what's the album I'm going to go to, you know, and rock out to kind of by myself? Like I don't care like if other people are going to like it as much, but it's like what do I I enjoy and like why? Kind of why do I enjoy it? Yeah. <laughs> Kind of went with like that. Some 
I hate my top 10 and think it's awful. But then there might be other people that think, you know, the same. Um, I try to, you know, put a good mix in. I didn't try to have like similar artists or similar, you know, try to mix it up. But. Oh, now I have two albums in my top 10 by one band. Me too. Yeah, me too. But I okay. tried to, I try yeah. not to do that so much. Like I could say, okay, uh, all J. Cole albums are in my top 10. I didn't do that. Um, but they very could well be, you know, depending on how I'm feeling. So I just try to pull from different genres, my favorites in each genre, and just try to place them where I think they should belong in my top 10. Okay. Favorite car, favorite song to jam out to in a car, I think is different criteria for me. <clears throat> but that's just my opinion. I kind of, uh, I'm kind of with Mark on this. Um, not, I think he's using the car kind of to explain it, uh, but I, I, I would argue, you know, I constantly have music on at my house. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm always playing music. Like it's just always on. It's a major part of what is happening all the time. And I'm always singing, you know, I feel like my most, almost most of my most intimate moments with music have been in a car. Yeah. So, so I think, I think we all go back to that because that, that was, kind of one of my things i started thinking about when i'm in a car over the last 20 years that i've been driving cars okay what 10 albums do i always go back to you know because i stay with it but you know and i think about like you know obviously there's reasons i go back to those albums you know uh, pop cultural wise and what and and life reasons and and societal reasons these huge changes that may have came about from this but you know, I can go into that, but ultimately what it comes back to is these 10, kind of like all you guys are saying, if we're on a road trip, one of these, you, like I'm going back to six of these 10 artists 99% of the time. I like that. Yeah. Like sometimes, sorry, sometimes when I'm in the car, I just feel like if it's just me, like I can put, like put one of these albums on and like just really just dive into listening and just kind of like drive to where I'm going and like not even you know like when you're in the car and sometimes you don't realize how you got to where you're going yeah highway hypnosis yeah yeah just kind of get lost in music Mm. and you know kind of get transferred from place to place listening to it give you the beat (laughs) for your soul you want to get lost in the rock and roll drift away yeah 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 all right so who's kicking us off here Maddie got to be first I think so too He's, yeah. What What's your guys' relationship with music? Like growing up, were you, what were you listening to? What were your family? Did you play instruments? Anything like that? Go ahead, Sean. Uh, I mean, uh, Maddie, you kind of know my family and music. Um, it's just a big part of it. You know, we didn't have the money really for the oldest three to play instruments. Of course, the, the fourth got whatever he wanted, you know. And, uh, but, um, you know, I never forget, you know, to this day, people always say, man, your mom and dad's CD collection was unreal. And like, you know, before CDs, like I remember my dad would just buy like every week we would go to Wonderland Records or Rainbow Records on Main Street in Newark. And we would just buy, my dad would just buy three CDs to replace his album collection every single week. So you know, that's kind of the life we grew up in. He had a Camaro. I'm sorry. Here's how big music is. He had a Camaro that didn't have a radio when we were kids. Oh. And um, he had one of them old school boom boxes with the CD player on top. <laughs> and, you know, whoever was in the front seat had to load the CDs into the boom box and press play. So everywhere we rolled, our car radio was like this little boom box. And, you know, whoever got shotgun was was you know queuing up cds yeah start of a little dj career for you yeah yeah <laughs> what about you mark uh so <clears throat> like it's pretty cool because everybody that i was with they all listen to different different genres of music it's like if i was with my dad he'd have like yes and like oh, rush great. um kind of judas priest a little bit like a older rock I was with my mom. It was more like Marvin Gaye, 
outcast, like an R&B kind of vibe. My uncle, he was like in the 90s rock. My cousin's into a lot of rap. So all these people that would drive me places, you know, my brother's like a hard rock guy. I would get all these different, you know, sounds and genres from whoever I was with at that time. So I think, you know, since everybody listened to kind of like a different time period and a time kind of different sound, I was able to pull, you know, what I like, put it kind of in like the pot, you know. Okay. I'd be <laughs> I'd be real interested to hear what if I weigh in on Kevin's opinion. Sorry, side note. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, um, my dad had a 51-disc CD changer that what did he have hooked up to a stereo, and he listened to a lot of Spanish music, being that we're of Mexican descent. Um, a lot of Carlos Santana, um, Los Lobos, stuff like that. But his real interest was in the Motown, the Motown sound, the Marvin yeah. Gaye, Four Tops, Temptations, all stuff like that. But he got the let out as well. Um, yes. Things like that. And most of my music taste comes from that. But when you look at my top 10, one, two, three, four of the bands on there from riding in the car with my brother. So my brother had a big influence on a, what I listened to because shout out Josh. Um, just whatever he would listen to, I'd want to listen to because I thought my brother was the coolest guy in the world and he is still one of the coolest guys in the world to me. So, Josh Dog. Okay, right. man. So, so we can... Uh, we can kick off this top 10. Who wants to go first? You want me to go first? Yeah, why don't you kick us off, big guy? All right. So, my number 10 album. I have, it came out in the year 2012 on February 21st, four days after my birthday. Clocking in at 45 minutes and 55 seconds with 10 tracks. Some Nights by Fun. <coughs> Great album. Okay. Starts off a little. Starts off with a little piano intro. So everybody knows the song "Some Nights," right? Yes. So the, the song first track they is stole from uh, the "Some Nights." That one they got it from Simon Garfunkel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah if that's what you want to say. No, I'm just joking. But so, they did. So the first song on that album is called "Some Nights Intro." So it's an intro to "Some Nights." And it's just a little piano thing. And dude can sing, bro. We saw them live at the Bob Carpenter Center and completely blew me away. Like the pipes on, I think his name's Nate. Yeah. Godly. Interesting. Interesting. Great. Great live and vocal. Sound just like the record. Was he listening? No. <laughs> <laughs> any of you guys have any knowledge on that album uh, obviously we're going to come into albums that others don't know but uh, i have this is one no idea about the band fun to be honest with you well you don't need to know the band fun they only had two albums yeah but i, I just i know the one song some nights i i never i could not speak to the come album on, bro you don't yeah. know um the tonight okay so I, yes i know the two songs okay you don't know if you're lost and alone, or you're seeking like a stone, carry on. You know that one? Uh, I I don't know if I know that one. Absolute bangers. Okay. So, yeah, they're like the hits, right? They're all on the radio. Those are the hits, yes. Okay. But everything, that, everything else, bro, it's, it's good. Okay. It's well, maybe I'll have to give them a, a solid listen to. That That would yeah. be one I could see you listening to. What's that supposed to mean? <laughs> oh, well, when I when I say, "Oh, death metal band," you're not gonna even give them a shot. That's not true. Okay. Oh. Right. 
I do know that the singer, though, he was on uh, Marshall Mathers LP number two, right? And then he was on a Pink song. Really? He was, on that, he was on that Pink song that was huge. Yeah. That just gave me a reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he was huge on song. Uh, the Eminem song. was pretty good. Headlights I, or something. I don't listen to corny rap. So I wouldn't know. But, bro. <laughs> um, Better stop while you're ahead, bro. <laughs> all right, so... Anyway, all right, let's go somewhere else. One of you guys now. All right, Mark, you got him. You want me yeah. to go? All right, so for my number 10, I went with a, a classic um, Pink Floyd. Okay. Wish you were here. Oh. So, I, I like that choice. You know, um, Pink Floyd for me was, I think I like, uh, one of my first CDs was uh, – not this one, uh, Dark Side of the Moon. But for some reason, I like this album a little more. Pulls me in a little more. It was released September 12, 1975. It was recorded in January through July that year. Um, it's 44 minutes and 17 seconds long. Started in the U.S. and the U.K. Uh, when it first came out, a lot of people kind of gave it a bad review. But then as time went on, it's now known as like one of the greatest, you know, and it was six times platinum. So, um, what is your favorite track off that album? Um, the Wish You Were Here, just title track. Okay. Be. You know, great song. I, I mean, I, half stars. Pretty- so, for me, one of one of my, like, all-time songs would be Have a Cigar. Have a cigar. That's a great song. So, and by the way, um, David Gilmore nor Roger Waters sang that song. Yeah, yeah, they had a guest of guest vocals, mm-hmm. right? Roy Harper. Roy Harper. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a I, that's I, a, I got a little pink. That's a great number ten, Mark. That's a great <laughs> number ten. Oh. Fuck me, right? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I don't, Matt. Your number. I'm not saying your number ten is not great. I'm just thinking in terms of like, you know, I'm familiar with that, and what. I didn't think to put it in my top 10. And as I'm talking about it, I'm like, oh man, that is a great album. Okay. It's only five. There's only five, five tracks. tracks right? That's it. It's 44 minutes. Yeah. That's good. Sign on your crazy diamond. That's like five songs. And then the other one's like five songs or three songs. Crazy. All right, Sean, what do you got? So uh, after a lot of deliberation, I've already changed this up like 15 times. I'm going to go with number 10 for me is B.B. King live at the Regal Hall, uh, 1965, 10 tracks, 35 minutes. Um, oh, you just looked this up right now, didn't you? No, no. Actually, I uh, looked it up while we were setting it up when I knew okay. you guys had something. But I don't have, like, exact release dates, okay? Um, and – you know, you always hear about how great B.B. King is. Um, but, you know, being so far removed from that, you know, I, I, I didn't really know much B.B. King. B.B. King's one of those guys, you know, when you heard him, but I could have never told you a B.B. King song. I was at this bar when I was 20 years old. I got into this bar with a fake ID out at uh, Elon University in North Carolina. Right. I didn't go there. That's another story. And uh, they had this band. And this guitar player was, like, really good. I can't remember the name of the band. What I did, this B.B. King song. And I was, like, blown away by it. And I'm like, was that a B.B. King song? You know, because I talked to him after the show. He's like, yeah, it was. Um, It's a song called Sweet Little Angel. And bang, I found this album. And it's just, you start it up. And it's just B.B. King. He's just like ageless the things that he's yeah. talking about it's on the live track so he's like talking to the crowd a little bit and singing and he's like setting his songs up and it's just it's time the advice he's saying the things he's talking about that he's singing about i i just always put that album on and bang just all the way through okay i have to give it a li- i never listened to it sweet little angel that's my top track on there that's my jam okay so to pull the curtain back a little bit, I'm looking at this app. Apparently, we can only record 60 minutes at a time. Okay. 
So it may cut us off at 60 minutes, but then we'll just have to start another one and then I can put them together. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So just letting you know, because we're at 37. Can you guys see the timer? Yeah. Okay. All right. I just want to make sure. Five. Okay. Yeah. I just want to make sure. So if it cuts off, we'll restart and just clip them together like nothing ever happened. All right. So. Oh, BB King, great guitar player. Never knew, never learned how to play chords. No, never learned how to play chords. So. And and I, Lucille, his guitar. I'm just spitting off facts that I know. I I read somewhere that he was not really good about like playing and singing. And if and yeah. it's very true. If you listen to one of his songs, you can hear him coming in and out of the mic. Yeah. Yeah, he's a a legend. <clears throat> in the guitar playing world for sure. A little underrated if you ask me. Yeah, I, I would agree. Right, you, know, you know who else is a very underrated guitar player? Not on my top ten list, but uh, Prince. Oh, I feel like Prince doesn't get the recognition that he I deserves. I think Prince is player. top six guitar players of all time. But I just feel like he doesn't get the recognition as a guitar player. Well, like, when, top five guitar players one day. Yeah, yeah, yeah th- that's a different like, episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when, when when you watch that, uh, while my guitar gently weeps, uh, with Tom Petty um, and, and yeah, the, and Jeff, what's you call from ELO? Yeah, yeah, and they all take a bow to him. Yeah, well, he he went super hard. He was mad because he felt like he wasn't getting. The respect that he deserved out of that that group, because he he wrecked that solo. Oh my god, he was probably one of the best he's ever done. See, I thought I didn't I didn't read it like that. Well, that that is the story, really. Yeah, because he he took more time than he was supposed to. Because you could look over and see some of the other guitar players. They're looking at him like, bro, what are you doing? I thought they were looking at him like in awe, and I thought no. it was like <laughs> set up, like yo. Yeah. No, is the best they were not happy. Here. Really? <laughs> yes, they were not happy. I didn't know that. Yeah. They were like, who is this guy? Well, I mean, they knew who he was, obviously, right. but. So that's just a but bro, like, little fun behind the I scenes. I think, yeah, that's, man. I bet you they all, now that he's dead, I bet you they all talk about that's one of the greatest moments on stage I've ever had. Yeah, I don't think Tom Petty's talking about okay. that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> rest in peace um, alright so my number 9 album released July 30th 1996 58 minutes 31 seconds on 17 tracks this is the one I talked to Sean about we had a nice little discussion off pod the self-titled album by Sublime yeah yeah, that's a good pick. That's so, a good pick. Bangers. Garden Grove that, to start off. I uh, that yeah, what, what I, a phenomenal song to start an album. Yeah, it's a great song. So when this song was or the album was released, I was a month and three days old. Oh, what was wow. it, ninety four, Maddie? 96. 96. I was 11. And I'll never forget, my mom yeah. bought it for me. I was five. So you could see the, uh, yeah, the so age that's, discrepancy. That's another thing we should point out before we go any further. There's what? Sean's 48. I'm 29. And you're, what, 23? Yeah, you think I'm 48 years old? I know you're not 48. You're 35. Yeah. yeah. I'll just mess with you. All right. What I got, wrong way. Same in the end. Great jam. Great, great, great jam. Might, might be right up there as the best song on the album. It, it's one of my favorites for sure. April 29th, 1992. Santeria, obviously, yeah. club club lover, uh, seed, good little punk song, 
jailhouse, pawn shop, uh, and then caress me down. Banger. And the reprise of what I got, which I prefer to the original. Yeah. Just a nice little strip strip down one guitar. Yeah. Bradley um, was a beast. He was. Well, I think it's funny. You might have heard this from Kevin. I was joking with Kevin. I sent him a meme. <clears throat> Kevin is Sean's brother. And it's like it was a meme and it shows Bradley Noel down there and it just says, I can play the guitar like a motherfucking riot. And then it says, plays the lamest guitar solo of all time. Yeah, the Santeria one? I'm just like, no, in what I got. Oh, yeah. It's just like, to say you play the guitar, I don't know. Anyways, what do you got? Uh, for my number nine, it uh, <laughs> came out in 2008. Or 2000, yeah, 2008, the beginning of 2008. It is... Uh, Self-titled Vampire Weekend. Not my number nine. I tried so hard. Oh, self-titled. So hard to hate Vampire Weekend when I first started. And I love them. They're good. Yeah. I was able to see them last year, last summer. Uh, I'm not. Their newest album isn't my favorite. But I love their, their first album. I was younger, so it was 2007, so I was pretty young. Is that The Kids Are All Right, the last song on yeah, that album? Yeah, one of my favorites, yeah. That's a great yeah. song. Yeah, that's a great it album. It is awesome. I like all the songs on it. That one's one of my favorites. Uh, yeah. So that came out in 2008. Uh, it uh, is platinum in the U.S. and U.K. Uh, and it's, It was rated that year on the Billboard. It was fourth... Uh, amongst rock and alternative, and then it was 17th uh, overall uh, in 2008. Apparently, is uh, Rolling Stones put it 430th of best albums out of 500 ever. That's pretty huh. yeah. That's interesting. It's very interesting. But this is just one of those songs, like, you know, you just throw the song and just kind of vibe to it. It's only fucking 39 minutes. Yeah, I'm not too familiar with uh, Vampire Weekend. I know uh, <clears throat> Diplomat Son is my jam. I do know that. Uh, that's off of another album, though. But, yeah, that's a good one. Got I got uh, so my number nine is uh, Weezer's Blue Album, uh, right. released in 1994. Ten tracks, 41 minutes, 26 seconds. Um, one of those ones that I just always come back to I think I don't like I said I'm not like a technical music guy um, but their odd way of harmonizing I just love and it's fun to sing it with them you know every single song on that album um, just it just jams um, and that was like an album when it came out in 94, you know, that it, I, I don't know, it, it was something different. I'm, I'm just call it indie rockish and really captured and, and, and brought together a lot of very different people at that time. You know what I mean? Like if you were a grunge person, you were super into Vine or, or Pearl Jam or, or, or whatever it is you were into. Um, if you're a punk person and you, you were super into, you know, rancid and stuff like that. That that blue album kind of bridged that gap, and everybody knew it and everybody loved it. Um, and it just had a little bit of everything. Um, my favorite, you know, the the hit track on there is probably uh, "Buddy Holly" was the first one I put out, but "Say It Ain't So." And um, you know, I'm also biased. I saw them. That was my first like front row show. Um, and you know, my favorite track I would have to say is. Only in dreams, Sir. which mm-hmm. takes you through a very wide range of emotions, both lyrically and instrumentally. Sweater song, jam, jam. 
Bro, when they Surf, did the, when Surf I Wax, Surf Wax America, a great song. When they closed. So when I saw them, they did the sweater song, and this is like when I totally like fell in love with them because um, you know I was a young man, I was twenty years old, and let's just say I was on a different level at the front row of a concert, you know. And uh, mm-hmm. they started, yeah, 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 they yeah. started talking back and forth between the mic, you know, the bass player and the guitar player. Like, hey, heading to the party after the show. And I remember, uh, and I was just so excited that they did that that little, you know what I mean? That they, they don't have to do that part, but they did that part and they did it spot on. And I just remember thinking like, damn, this is awesome. Yeah. These are- sounds like a, sounds like a pretty, these are still- a great album. Still rock. Still rock. Yeah, great music yeah. every like two, three years. I mean, it's not that's not going to be like oh um, shit, put an album, everybody stop what you're doing. That's yeah. just your opinion. <laughs> yeah. So. So, but. All right, for me. Yeah, I know. I just I, I blew album. I think I, I think, you know, I'm. It's hard. You're. Hard, it's hard not to meet the person who doesn't know at least like six songs off the Blue Album and love them all. Yeah, it's a great album. Probably their best. Well, their most known. Yeah, Pinkerton's a really good album. Known. Yeah. I'm a Beverly Hills guy. That's the tour yeah. I saw them on. They were promoing that album. Yeah. I, I never really got into a Weezer too much. Obviously, I know the hits. My name is Jonas. Great song. Not a hit, by the way. No, the two hits on that album were Buddy Holly and Say It Ain't So. Well, yeah, obviously, but maybe it's just because I know the album. That's what so I'm well. saying. Like, you're like, I, I never really got into it. I know, and you like, you know, my name is Jonas. You know, Surf Wax America. Like, you, you yeah. know, all these non radio songs. That tells you what kind of album it is. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. All right, my number eight album is a Josh, Joshy classic that he got me into. Um, came out March 26, 2002. 33 minutes, 46 seconds on 10 tracks. Taking Back Sunday, Tell All Your Friends. Okay. Nobody familiar Absolutely with this album? Absolutely not. I'm not. Wow. Do you know Tell All Your Friends? Uh, is this the one with like uh, Q with E or whatever? The one with oh, Liar, song. which Liar came out like 2006, right? I mean, damn sure. Uh, okay. uh, oh yeah, yeah. Um, this is like the only Taking Back Sunday album that. I and then there's uh, I'm not gonna front and say they're one of my favorite bands because they're not. But this is just a nostalgia album, great album, from beginning to end. It's just. Banger after banger, one of those first like taste of like I don't know like emo, but not really emo. Kind of just like singing about your feelings and my God, it's just an album. They had like that, that double vocal to me. That's, that's nice. Yes, that yes. Any band with two vocalists, bro. You have like your lead vocalist, and then you got your. Uh, not your back. He's not. I wouldn't say he's backup because he's like a second vocalist playing yeah. guitar and singing. Nice touch. It's it's a great touch. It's a classic album, I would say, from two thousand two. Um, just a lot of memories. Listen to the album in my uh, in my brother's uh, car with him, and just like I don't know, man. That style of music, they, they don't make that yeah. kind of music anymore. It's like a teenage boy trying to find like love. It's a great song to listen to. Kind of <laughs> stuff, stuff like that anymore. All right, Mark. Or a 35 year old man trying to find love. Right. <laughs> yeah, you might like them, bud. I, I don't dislike them. I've, I've seen videos of them live. They do not sound good live now. Um, so, is Taking Back Sunday, do, do they do that song, New American Classic? Yes, they do. That is a phenomenal song. Yeah. That's off the that album is, and, right and, after this one. This is so, by far their I biggest would, album. Th- 
that's not a hit song. No. Um, so I am very familiar. So at like that, that new American classic song, I absolutely love. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not a taking back Sunday hater at all. I, you know, I just never uh, dove into them. Right. Right. I got you. All right, Mark, what do you got? All right, guys. So, um, I'm going to drop the first, yeah, the first rap album on the, on our list at number eight. Uh, and it's by a young man named Travis Scott and it's birds in the trap sing McKnight. Do either of you know this? I do not. I do not. Okay. Well, anyway, you guys should go listen to it for sure. Okay. So write it down. Okay. Is that is that I get those goosebumps every time album? Yes. Okay. Okay, so when I first heard Travis Scott, he had that antidote song. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that one. Okay. That wasn't on this album. And that was like his only song that was on the radio. When this song this album came out, literally every song on the album is a banger. Um, like I could rock out to all of them. And you know, he had some great features. He had Andre 3000 on the on the album. Okay. Yeah, Kendrick Lamar. He had my boy 21 Savage. Yep. The weekend. You know, so he had great features. There's tons of great songs. You know, pick up the phone. Oh, was, that, that with Quavo. Yeah, Quavo and Young Thug. It was released in 2016. Uh, it was number one on the charts when it first came out that week, and it finished 102 in 2016. But in 2017, it dropped down to uh, number 18 on on the top 200. Um, but this pretty much changed, you know, solidified him as one of the best the rappers of his time. I wouldn't say all time, but right now he's probably definitely one of the best rappers that is out. He could also produce. He did a lot of producing uh, of his own beats. And uh, yeah, okay. So well, you guys should give it a listen. One of my favorites, obviously. Yeah. yeah, I'll check it out. I mean, I'm not really a. I mean, I listen to rap, but I definitely wouldn't say. I listen you know, to you know, a lot you, of rap. I, I mean, you know, you know, your boy loves the baby. The baby. So uh, <laughs> I'm going to put out a new album. I'm like running through my head all the rap albums that I want to put in this. Um you know, rap not being my number one and, and should I change a ranking right now? Like, does this particular album deserve to be higher than the album I'm about to name? You know what I mean? License to Ill should be in your top ten. It should be in my top ten. Uh License to Ill is not in my top ten. Are you are you a Paul's boutique guy? I well, I love License to Ill. But I also yeah. I love I love the Beasties. Yeah. I mean, check your head. Yep. That's another really good one. So, um, but you know, yeah, I don't know. It's Mark hard. was saying have... some names that I was like, damn, damn, damn. Yeah, I don't have any rap in my top 10. So, I'm a big rap guy, though. So, I mean, I, I but uh, then also you can think about, you know, our age, just kind of different time of growing up I, and listening. Bro, I, I would say that that Kendrick Lamar's debut album is one of the best albums ever made. And I don't even have that in my top 10. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. It's a great. One. I would so, say, bet- uh, not between the barriers of me based on a true story Two chains uh, is probably number 11 bam, on my bam, list. Bam, bam. So, yeah, I mean, it's just very interesting. Nah. What do you got? What well, you got, I'm, I'm going to keep my number eight the way it is. Um, it's, you know, I'm telling a little bit about my age myself here. My my number eight is uh, Pearl Jam's, um, you know, Stardom album ten, mm-hmm. released in 1991, uh, 53 minutes 20 seconds. Um, just um, at that time, ten was the first CD I ever owned. All right. And um, the aggressiveness with the way that they came on the scene, you know, at that time, 
there's this big explosion of Nirvana and, and Pearl Jam and Alice in Chains and Soundgarden. Um, Temple of the Dog. Te- Temple of the Dog, you know, it kind of, uh, you know, it's, I got, I can talk about that album for a little bit, but, um, you know, um, and they were the end of hair metal. And I thought that that was fantastic. Not a hair metal guy? Huh? Not a hair metal guy? No, I'm not not a hair metal guy, but I'm not a hair metal guy. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, you'll catch your boys singing some hair metal songs. Like, don't get me wrong. But, like, they found this um, very unique and perfect sound, like all these people. Um, But, you know, um, Eddie Vedder's voice and his lyrics were on another playing field. And um, they come on and with once and, and they kind of carve out their piece of music history with this album in the sense that any time from that moment forward, if you heard a Pearl Jam song, whether you liked them or not, you knew it was Pearl Jam. Right. That a very distinct sound. Kind of, much like you too. And, um, you know, first CD that I ever owned, you know, um, and just, I mean, you know, Jeremy, Once, Even Flow, Alive, um, just so many, Black. so many songs that just really got you going. Deep. Oh, yeah. Like, so. Great album. Oceans. Oceans. That is another fantastic song. So, and just, yeah, I mean, that was, uh, that, that was the beginning of one of the greatest bands of my generation. They are a great band. I do enjoy Pearl Jam a lot. They just released a new album, right? Yes. Yeah. I have not given it a listen. So don't, (laughs) I heard one song and it it didn't sound like a a Pearl Jam song, but it it wasn't bad. It was different. Just didn't Pearl Jam. So. We're at 59 minutes and 20 seconds on my end, so we'll just shoot the shit right now, see how it cuts us off, okay. if it cuts us off, <coughs> um, yeah. before we go on to, before right. we go on to seven. Well, see, I guess was, that, was that album Good Kid, Mad City? Was that the Kendrick Lamar album? That was his second album. Oh, <laughs> that's the album that I absolutely <laughs> love. That was, that was the one that he blew up. Yeah. That, yeah, like swimming pools, swimming pools, money trees. Yeah, yeah. Backseat freestyle, bro. Backseat yeah, yeah. freestyle. Um, the recipe with Dr. Dre. Oh, bro, okay. the Chronic it's, is another album. Yeah, it's, great one. It's still going past sixty minutes. So, right. uh, wait. Episode one. No time on it. What? Are we oh. live? Is this live? No, it's being mean? recorded. Okay. I mean, somebody could listen to it live, I believe. Oh, whatever. Yeah, because I think Rod, Rod wants to jump on and listen. Oh, okay. So one thing we could do with this app, we can actually have people call in. Oh, oh word. Shit. Or people can people can leave like voice messages for us and we can play them. Okay. That'd be fun. Um, a little yeah. behind the scene, use an anchor, anchor podcast for our two listeners out there. Shout out Kev. Um, Cause I know he'll listen to it. I know Josh, will probably listen to it too. Uh, Kev won't listen to it, bro. Are you kidding? I think he's more likely to listen to it than your other brother. I mean, potentially, but he ain't listening he'll, to it. He'll skip around it. And go, oh yeah. Great stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so number seven album. Another one of my email ones. Released August 23rd, 2005. 40 minutes and 42 seconds on 11 tracks. The self-titled album by a band out of Long Island. Bayside. So, Bayside self-titled album. I'm assuming neither of you guys know anything. Nope. Okay. Very emo. Very emo band. Um. But dude, I just something connects the style of music. They're just I don't know, maybe it's a time and place sort of thing. Right. I think that's a lot of music, bro. Time and place. 
and it's just a great, great album, a lot of nostalgia. Like I said, very emo. One of the lyrics is, uh, I'd grab your head by your hair and I'd hack it off, put it on display at the front of the yard on a stick that's decorated with a little pink bow to, wait, to tell your friends and family that you should, they should have taught you more about love, something like that. I don't know, super emo stuff. Um, but we saw Bayside for, they were doing like a Christmas show at some little venue in Philly called Underground Arts. You ever been there? I have not. So it's a little small place. Um, but when we got there, they played a set of, you know, their hits. And then I was wondering, I was like, man, it's a little disappointing. They didn't play any songs off of their self-titled album, their first album, second album, sorry. And then they come back out and they play the album from beginning to end. Oh, amazing. And I was like, I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> this That's- is so cool. That was probably like a huge like attraction, you know. Like it was. Like I didn't like no. I look up set lists before I go to concerts because I like to get hyped. But this one I didn't look it up and then like I said, they played they played like a ten song, ten, twelve song set. And I was like, Okay, that was kinda short. And then they came out and played the whole album. And I was like, Oh my god. It's probably one of the best concerts I've ever been to. A lot of nostalgia. Bayside, my wife's favorite band. Um, they're definitely one of my favorite bands now, too, just by she listens to them a lot, and I just hear I think they have eight albums, and every album is solid. And they've definitely matured as a band versus singing about Broken Heart Love at 18 to 20. And now they're talking about more mature topics as any other as you mature, you tend to sing about other things, you know? Yeah. Sure. All right, so that was mine. What do you got? All right, so uh, my number seven uh, came out April 3rd, 2012. Uh, it was it peaked at number two on the billboards, but it was number one alternative rock, independent, and folk. It said number one in my heart. Uh, yeah, it's, it's not number one in my it's heart, but it's great. Number seven in my heart. Yeah, uh, Lumineers self-titled album, The Lumineers. Okay, and it for me, it's a great album because it's a mixture of like that, that rock and kind of like that mm-hmm. folk sound. It's not like bluegrassy, you know. Like grandfather listened to straight bluegrass. <laughs> I couldn't really get down with that, but you know, it's kind of give me those memories of you know him with a better sound, newer sound to me. And I got a lot of right, a lot of songs in it. Yeah, that's right. The modern yeah. production. Uh, Sean, you familiar with the women? I here? am. As a matter of fact, um, I was supposed to go see them at the Gorge in Washington State this summer, but that looks like it's not happening. Damn. Uh-huh. And uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with with the Gorge, uh, but much like Red Rocks, Maddie, you know, you've been there. It is a yep. You know, bucket list place to see a show. Yeah, I remember you sending me that place actually. Yeah. Um, Lumineers. Uh, I don't have much other than Ho Hey. Like, great song. That song. But uh, I just keep thinking we went we went to Sean's brother's house for a New Year's Eve party, and Sean's brother-in-law was wearing a hat. And it's just like, like a taller hat with like a flat brim. And his brother Kevin the whole night was just going, yeah, man, when are you guys going on tour? And he just kept saying that he looks like a member from the Lumineers. And so that's like the one thing that whenever Lumineers comes up, that's what, uh, that's what your mind goes to comes to mind. Yeah. I, li- I like, Steve. I like slow it down. Yeah, that's, great that's a great song. Morning yeah. song. Uh, Morning songs are good Classy song. girl, I really like Dead Sea. I mean, there's great songs on this. I'm, I mean, they have other albums too that are they have great albums, but this one is the one I always go back to and kind of can just listen from beginning to end. Yeah, that's a good album. That's a really good album. We, 
as 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 we're doing this, I as I hear some of, yeah, I just can I I'm in my mind. I don't want to say regretting my top ten, but just I don't know. I love my top. There's 10. so much good music. Like when you hear other people, like, oh, I like that. Yeah. I could be in my top ten too. Yeah, yeah, and it just makes me think of other artists that I should have put in, but right. didn't. So my my number um, seven is you know uh, I feel like the most cliche guy on here, but uh, 1991's Nevermind by Nirvana. Great, okay. Um, uh, Runtime of uh, 49 minutes seven seconds. Uh, I and I struggle with this. I was going to put another a different album here. Um, and I, I didn't know what to do, um, but I constantly go back to listening to this album. Um, you know, Smells Like Teen Spirit, obviously, obviously, just an absolute smash hit, right? Yeah. Yep. And same thing, same thing with Pearl Jam. Like, the, the, those two bands, you know, you had the Allison Chains and you had the Sound Gardens. I know I've already spoken on them, but between those two bands, between... Pearl Jam and, and and Nirvana, you're coming into a whole new era of music, and they are at the front of the line. Okay, yeah, and that that album, never mind. You know, um, stay away, uh, drain you. Um, you know, uh, smells like Teen Spirit, Lithium. I mean, there's just so many great songs on that album. That, like I said, you just know all the words to lounge at. Yeah. So yeah, that's my number seven. It's great out. That could definitely be a number one. You know. Yeah. Oh, one hundred percent. You know, it's great out. Drain you is probably my favorite song off that album. That's a great song. I like something in the way. It's a good song too. A little slow. Yeah. Yeah. Drain, drain you is a. Uh, last time I saw Cody and Cambria, they covered that. It's pretty good. Yeah, that's that's a. I mean that that's that's Dave Kroll's chops right there, buddy. Oh. Right, which I'm not a Dave girl. I'm not a Dave girl fan, but that's what, just why do you not like Dave Grohl? You think he killed Kurt? No, no, no. I just no, no. I I, mean, I we just can get into that. No, I'm just going to say this is a topic for another day, and I. I but okay. what I'm, but I'm, but I am going to say this: that Courtney Love is the Yoko Ono of my generation. Okay, and that's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah, we can make that the next, the next. <laughs> that's 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 fair enough. All right, so today we're just doing ten through six. Uh, so right now, top six. Another album I know you guys aren't going to know. So this album came out August 9th, 2005. My seventh favorite album came out August 23rd, 2005. So they came out within uh, six days of each other, which I found interesting. Um, Clocking in at 66 minutes and 46 seconds on eight tracks. Opeth, The Ghost Reveries is the album title. Opeth, a band well-known in the Swedish death metal community. Opeth, a band fronted by Michael Ockerfeld, who at the same time has the best singing clean voice in metal history, along with the best harsh growling vocals in death metal history. Dude is phenomenal guitar player. He's a, he's a, uh, he's a hall pass guy. If you, if you catch my drift. Yeah. I catch um, your drift. Love, love, love. Opeth. One of my favorite bands. Got to see them live. Finally saw them in Philly. Um, they're opening up for Mastodon and it was one of those like life-changing experiences 
and they That's played. Awesome. They played, I think, an hour and a half, and they only played like six songs. That's long, awesome. Long songs, very progressive, heavy, slow, heavy, slow, and that title track. Um, not the title track. The opening track, "Ghost of Perdition," probably one of my favorite songs of all time. And I don't know, dude. The first time I heard them, I was really getting into metal. I was watching Headbangers Ball when it came back in the early 2000s. And I just saw this band and I was like, oh my God. They kind of just punch you in the face. And then it turns out, you know, they already had like seven or eight albums before this album. And I was just finding out about them. And they have like however many albums after. And I don't know, dude, just some of the best song structure, some of the best, just like switching things around. They just, you never know what you're going to get. Didn't they just drop an album this year? They did just drop an album this year. Um, so the thing with newer Opeth, and this is kind of a, not a hot take among the community, but kind of just whatever, what, there's a divide in Opeth. So I think their last three albums have had no harsh vocals. Okay. It's all just been clean singing, and that kind of took some people away because. So that that's probably would bring me right in. Yeah, and like I said, like his harsh vocals, in my opinion, the best, and his clean singing also the best. Um, so they're more prog, prog rock. They're kind of like a yes. I don't want to say yes, but. Imagine all like the really long drawn out stuff from Yes and like the really weird out stuff from Rush, kind of like that style. Still heavier, but that style of music. So I should tell my dad to check them out. Yeah. He might like their newer, their newest album. Yes. But their older stuff, dude. Oh my God. It's just like, it kicks you in the ass. You told me to listen to this, right? Yeah. I listened to like the first three or four songs working out. It's not good workout music. I mean, it, it depends. It, because, well, I say it's not good workout music because on the rare occasion that I do work out, um, I want something steady up. Yeah. Right. Oh, I don't I, I don't want anything to slow me down. I feel that. And with Opeth, you get three minutes of and stuff like that. Right. And then you get two minutes of ah, stuff like that. So it, it, I wouldn't say it's good workout music, but that's just me. So that's my rant on why Opeth is a great band. and Everybody should listen to them. Okay. All right, Mark. All right. Um, this one definitely comes because this is something like a, if I was in the car with my mom, She'd definitely be rocking out for this. Um, I just kind of gravitated towards it. It is uh, came out in 2010, October 15th, 2010. The length is 47 minutes and 26 seconds. Um, and it's Come Around Sundown by Kings of Leon. And uh, okay. I'm a big Kings of Leon guy. Especially like in the summertime, kind of give me those like summertime vibes. And I just enjoy the music, you know. Are right, you got yeah? Maybe you were Kings of Leon at all or no? Yeah, no, I I, uh, I do like Kings of Leon for sure. I mean, their their first album uh, is completely different from everything else that they have put out since. Yeah, but I do enjoy. I like all their stuff, but this one is probably my favorite. And uh, a good friend of mine's a huge Kings of Leon guy. Yeah, they're, I think they're pretty, pretty awesome. Uh, that's yeah, that's I mean, that's a good pool. I only know uh, the big hits, so. Yeah, I uh, I I know the big hits, but I know like a songs here or there, you know. Right. So, but now I do enjoy Kings of Leon. Uh, I think they're. They're a very cool band, and they're all brothers, which I have a soft spot for. All right, I'm, like, going back and forth in my head because I could very easily 
put this album as number one for me personally. Okay. For me personally, okay? Okay. Um, you know, coming out in the year 2012, 48 minutes and 42 seconds of just brand new influenced indie rock is alt J's and awesome wave. Mm. Um, I, you know, uh, Mark, I don't know if you noticed, I know that Matty air Matty knows it. And he (laughs) says, uh, my fault. He says, uh, I am a huge alt J person. Like, Hands down, my favorite band currently. Uh, I am a big all J person. So, um, and you got to see them at Red Rocks. And, uh, you know, the, the, the first song they put out is a song called Breeze Blocks. Are you guys familiar with all J, Matt? I know you are. I, I, I know them, but I, to say that I've listened to more than a right. song, uh, would Mark, you an all J guy? You know anything about all J? Or, uh, I, I know that, like, same with Matt, like, I know him. If you put on a song, they, oh, I know this. Yeah, song. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you who it was. Uh, I think I have a couple songs downloaded, but yeah, I don't. Yeah, you know for sure. So uh, they come out with this album, and the song "Breeze Blocks" really kind of blows up. And uh, I'll never forget me and uh, my uh, younger brother Maddie were like all about it, and then Kevin like got into it, and we eventually, you know, we got my dad into it. So I downloaded the album. And um, just kind of put it on and listen to it. But it was one of those things that, um, you know, uh, my brother would just put it on and listen to it. Uh, my other brother would just put it on and listen to it. My dad would put it on and listen to it when he was like, don't work. Like, yo, I think I like this sound, you know, to where it eventually was just like every song you just absolutely loved. And um, to, once again, just... Um, a, a distinct sound where they mix, you know, a little bit of, um, you know, uh, that piano. They harmonize a very different sounding lead singer's voice. Um, they get some electronic stuff going in there, which I'm a big fan of. Um, and they are just very, I don't know, like kind of trippy and deep all at the same time. Um, you know, you probably know Breeze Blocks. You know, you might know Tessellate. Um, that that intro in the Tessellate, Ripe and Ruin, it's great. Um, they got a song called Dissolve Me, um, which was not one of my favorites originally. Um, and I absolutely love it. it, it the harmonies and that are amazing. And, and uh, the best song on that album, in my opinion, this is just my opinion, is a song called MS. And uh, that's one album that I would sell to anybody. Like, if you're going to get off this podcast right now go listen to an awesome way like and now you can see why i just as easily could have put it number one all right so i guess i'll check that album out give it a listen you check a couple that awesome waves out check bayside out yeah i'm curious about bayside i'm actually curious about um opec uh, don't, don't, uh, don't, uh, what 